Hello and welcome to another real estate podcast. My name is Andrew Wetzel. I'm a full-time agent and a realtor with Long & Foster. I'm also an associate broker, an ethics instructor, a mediator, and I served as past co-chair of professional standards at Tri-County Suburban Realtors. I've been moving buyers and sellers since 1996. Thank you as always for taking the time to listen. Today's topic is competing against multiple bidders. A recent article posted in retechnology.com discussed a survey conducted by the WAV, I guess that's WAVE group, which pointed out several truths about multiple offers and how losing buyers felt afterwards. They included, one, the intense competition seen recently is rare and driven by a combination of low inventory and pent-up post-pandemic demand. In the recent past, historically low interest rates created a wave of buyers. Number two, the competition was typically viewed as unfair to buyers frustrated by losing bid after bid. Some questioned whether they really had a chance to win. I'm not sure what they meant by unfair. Did something really unfair or wrong happen? Number three, competing with unknown buyers and offers is difficult, as is trying to craft a winning bid. Here's a breakdown of the responses they gave. Almost 51% of respondents said they faced competition. 38% said they weren't sure. The results were the same across races. Exactly how did they know whether or not they had competition? I'll explore that later. Over 46% felt they had an equal opportunity to win, slightly higher among white buyers, 49% to 45%. Again, how did they know whether or not they really had competition? As far as how they felt about their chances, most of the white buyers said they were outbid while 68% of them felt that finances were at fault when the process was unfair. Cash offers and investors were viewed as having an advantage with financing. Some felt that a seller favored their buyer or had bad real estate advice. 62% of minority buyers also cited finances as being the difference with cash buyers and investors being part of the issue. 6% felt some discrimination with some saying some areas were out of their league with marital status and occupation being factors. Let me start by saying that multiple offer situations sound fantastic for sellers and dreadful for buyers. Maybe, maybe not. There is no one-size-fits-all description and feelings about multiple offers likely fit a combination of how one feels when they learn that there's competition and then how it turns out. Multiple offers simply means that more than one buyer is interested in the same house. Real estate is not retail, so there may not be more than one house of a certain type to be bought. So is the interest due to the number of buyers exceeding the supply of houses, or due to low inventory and sellers simply not wanting to sell and move? Low interest rates and pent-up demand can shift the balance, as can having sellers properly price their homes compared to their competition. Alternatively, high interest rates and sellers being comfortable in their homes can suppress inventory. Supply and demand may fluctuate and be unpredictable. Do buyers and sellers wait to see what happens next? As I always say, you cannot time the real estate market. I always tell my clients to do what's in their own best interests. That being said, some will regret their decisions later. Interest rates and prices may rise, affecting buyers. The supply of buyers may decline, and prices to buy their next home may affect sellers. Let's focus on there being competition. My first question is always this, is there competition? How do you know? 
Having multiple people at an open house or an individual showing is not conclusive. Having a listing agent tell you that there's multiple interest or multiple offers is questionable. Frankly, I've been lied to. As I have blogged before, as a listing agent, I specifically discuss the possible scenarios with my sellers and I am reluctant to disclose multiple offers and never multiple interest. Unless the multiple offers include at least one that's worthy of being signed, having more than one unacceptable offer means absolutely nothing. Multiple interest is nice, but unless it generates any serious offers, so what? Buyers should be financially qualified before investing too much time in looking at houses and they must know their limitations and comfort level when making an offer. Do they make their highest and best offer or start lower and wait for a counteroffer? Buyers are not guaranteed a response and they may only get one chance to make an offer. Some buyers refuse to accept that and regret that later. Others go all in and end up thinking that they overpaid, perhaps trying to rebalance the offer with inspection results later. There are a number of moving parts in any real estate transaction and explaining them depends on the experience of the real estate agent as well as the ability and the willingness of the buyer to make a decision that they can live with. I end my buyer conversations by telling them that I want them to go to sleep that night feeling that they have done the right thing for themselves, whether that includes making an offer or not. Some buyers lose a bid and take time to get back to looking. Other than price, which may not be a guarantee of success, there are a number of variables that may impact how a seller evaluates an offer. This becomes more important when there is competition. They may include the amount of the deposits, the type of financing, seller assists or concessions, settlement date, contingencies such as property inspections, whether the buyer has a house to sell and or settle, and other factors that may favor some buyers or be a disadvantage for them. It isn't always about the money and the appraisal may be a concern. If an asking price or offer price raises questions about the property appraising, a buyer may want to agree to offset any appraisal value, if they can, or rely on other variables to make their offer stand out. Much of this back and forth relies on having the best information, although buyers and sellers will always want to know more than they do, and using what you know as best you can. That being said, failing to accept that your offer was not accepted is unfortunate. If the agent did not properly counsel their client, or if the client did not listen to that advice, failure is an option. Some of the lingering feeling will be related to how the listing agent handled the process. Did they advise the agent who represented the buyers who bid and lost, or did the buyers learn that someone else got the house by having their agent see the MLS status changed? If a buyer goes into a bidding situation expecting to lose whatever they think may well become how they view the outcome, and that's a shame. However, broadcasting that feeling does nothing to advance their future options. When an agent makes reckless claims about why their buyer client lost, that may well affect their ability to work with other listing agents going forward, especially if the listing agent who sold their house to a different buyer agent's client has another listing that interests that buyer. Let me be specific. Discrimination sucks and has no place in society. Sellers have every right to negotiate and make decisions based on objective needs, of course. 
Suppose the seller accepts a lower offer with a better settlement date or some other variation. How do those who offered more money feel? Do the differences get discussed or does the losing agent or buyer make reckless claims? If a buyer or their agent feels that the result was based on discrimination, what makes them feel that way? There are several ways sellers may think they know things about a buyer beyond what they offered. The most obvious one is that they saw each other at a showing. I prefer that my seller clients leave their homes during showings. This is complicated by agents not showing up on time and or not canceling their appointments. Sellers may be reluctant to leave, especially in bad weather, unless they're assured that somebody's showing up to see their house. That is a separate issue. I like to avoid having buyers write love letters or supplying additional information meant to entice a seller as what they provide may be perceived as actually hurting them. As a listing agent, I don't like to receive these so-called buyer love letters either. In general, I like to avoid buyers and sellers meeting each other or getting any more familiar than necessary as real estate is a business transaction. I like to avoid anything that may make the participants think otherwise. I don't know how many buyers felt that discrimination caused them to lose a bid. I don't know how many pursued that feeling in court or those who felt that way. Of those who felt that way, how many could prove it? Perception may affect reality, but that does not mean it's a fact. In closing, making an offer to buy real estate is not retail. It has many moving parts and generally requires the use of professionals. Buyers and sellers are human and therefore imperfect. Agents are human as well. Putting people into what is typically an emotional decision justified with logic can be complicated. Losing is frustrating, especially when a buyer loses offer after offer or a seller's property stays on the market week after week. It would be nice to know exactly why the process stalled. Regardless, I think society too often resorts to claims of discrimination when someone did not get what they wanted or felt entitled to. Fearing being accused of discrimination may have untold consequences as well. In closing, as I always like to say, remember, when it comes to buying or selling what's likely your biggest asset and your largest overall investment of money, time, and effort, there is no time for inexperience, empty promises, or false expectations. Hire wisely. We are not all the same.